0: Hi, all. These are generally conversations between adults after the children have left the table. The language can be spicy and the subjects can get saucy. So if you're ready, you are listening to The Southern Fork, a podcast that hosts kitchen chats with some of the most interesting people in the culinary South. I'm your host, Stephanie Burt, and I'm always hungry to learn more. Let's dig in. Southern Fork is supported by Slow Food Charleston. Slow Food Charleston is part of the global slow food network of more than 100,000 members in more than 150 countries. The mission is good, clean, and fair food for all. And throughout the year, they hold a variety of events, from workshops for children, to special dinners, to the Snail Awards, recognizing some of the brightest stars in the local food movement. I'm honored to be connected with this group, and I encourage you to learn more at SlowFoodCharleston.org or check out the Slow Food chapter in your area. It's fun and tasty. Sometimes, passion inspires you to an idea that, once you get into it, needs a lot more hard work than you ever imagined. Actually, that's often the way it is, isn't it? And that was the case when Zach Swimley got the brilliant idea to build a Neapolitan pizza oven from scratch. No, he wasn't a carpenter. And no, he wasn't from an Italian family. But no matter. He had honed his pizza-making skills at Pizzeria Delfina in San Fran. And also his cooking chops even further as CDC of Mission Chinese Food in New York City so he was ready to make a go of it his own way. The love of pizza fueled he and his partner Marley Blodgett and became La Mora Pizzeria, a mobile pizza kitchen that is gaining a cult following in Charleston, South Carolina. I don't know about you, but I understand how the love of pizza can fuel a business. And when I first took a bite of La Mora's pies a few months ago, I knew I had to know and eat more. Welcome to the Southern
1: Fork YouTube.
2: Hello. Hey. Hello.
1: Well, behind us, we have a couple sounds. Um, we have Barkley, the dog, yes. who is the unofficial mascot of Lamora, <laughs> enjoying a Kong, which Kong, you can now um, support the. Southern Fork through sponsorship. Now that I've mentioned you on the air, right? Yeah, yeah. You comp, may as well throw trademark,
2: throw zooks in there as well. That's <laughs> What's in the car? And then
1: outside, um, people are taking down a tree. So, so we have that. But the reason why we're talking in your house is because you don't have a restaurant, right, Zach?
3: That's right, no restaurant. Just no a restaurant, trailer. just a trailer.
1: <laughs> so, talk to us about the trailer, which is your baby.
3: Well, the, the trailer is, uh, as some of you may know, is built from the ground up by me, but was a, a late-night idea of mine that I pitched to Marley because we didn't know where we wanted to work in Charleston. We mm-hmm. didn't know what we wanted to do, and she thought it was kind of ludicrous at first. Yeah. And it ignored the idea.
2: <laughs> 24 hours of silence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She
1: was like, yeah, that's that's a nice idea. Let's go to bed.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: let's go to bed. And I, I think I pitched it to my dad the next day and had plans written out by him the next day. And then finally, Marley was on board. So then it was finding a trailer and finding out how to build it right. after being a chef for 13 years. I had no idea how to do this. <laughs> well,
1: um, I've seen and enjoyed the pizza and I've seen the trailer. So it's not just the pizza oven, um, which I definitely want to talk about. But let's start with you have a prep area too, that you had to build and, and basically a well of all of your ingredients. So how did you decide how many spots to make there?
3: Uh, I didn't until the end. Oh really? Yeah. It was, I knew I needed somewhere to build the pizza and I knew I needed somewhere to refrigerate things, but I didn't know how it was going to work out. It all kind of happened as it happened. And
1: And how many spots do you have for toppings?
3: There's, there's eight cold wells Mm -hmm. and then a handful of, uh, Spots that aren't for cold items, like pickled or Mm -hmm. anchovy caper, that kind of thing. Stuff Mm -hmm. that doesn't have to be in it. So eight total, but I could go smaller pans with rotating more out of the refrigerator.
1: Because your pizzas really rotate seasonally. You're using, I mean, this is very chef-driven. Daily,
3: daily sometimes, right I can get that day.
1: So I had, and where do you source? It just depends.
3: It depends. I've started out going to the market every day. That or every Saturday or whatever day there was a market that I could get to, and Grow Foods has kind of fallen into mm-hmm. being a little bit easier than the market because mm-hmm. I can it's go more pick reliable. Up, reliable. I can buy a large quantity, I know what I'm getting for the week, but that doesn't make me run the same thing every day. Right. I, right. As many chefs, I <laughs> have a little ADD and want to switch it all the right. time, so. Yeah.
1: so I had a sweet corn, right, and prosciutto. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh,
2: yeah. That was
1: going. So what do you have going right now that's turning into fall? Well, have-
3: we just got back from a week off, so we get to start totally fresh week and a half off. But we want to go the direction of a butternut squash or delicata squash pizza, um... What else are we bringing in right now?
2: Thinking about doing something with uh, pizzas with pumpkin seeds. Yeah, perhaps. Pumpkin seeds. It's, it's funny. I'll occasionally have my my idea for a pizza, and I'm like, I think this would sound great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm gonna try it a little, but you know, we get inspired by different things. So. Yeah,
3: it's fall. We might do a lamb, make a lamb mm-hmm. sausage, and do something kind of Mediterranean on a pizza yeah. because why not?
1: Well, I'd like to point out that. Right now, there is no pizza in front of me. Um, and that's really, really sad, because the last time <laughs> I saw these two, I ate two and a half pizzas by myself, <laughs> and they aren't personal sized. It's not like pizza.
2: I say borderline personal. Size. <laughs> we have a couple people that like them to be personalized. Like- I
1: They were at a brewery at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I was there at 4.15. I was one of the first pizzas off. By 7.30, I was home, and I was ill from too much pizza, but it was the best ever because I just laid on the couch like Homer Simpson. I know that's really sexy. But what I'm telling you is I did not plan to eat this much pizza, but it comes out in – just under like three minutes or something like pretty fast yeah, start
3: to finish from a ball of dough to a finished pizza three minutes is about the longest it would take unless there's a wait right some of right. you may have seen a wait <laughs> <laughs> well
1: you didn't plan ahead and you weren't there at 401 like yeah. I was um, but it, and that's because the oven is so hot so let's talk about the oven you built this oven. You put every one of these tiles on. I
3: did. It was uh, much more much more than I thought it would be, but the oven is built to true Neapolitan specs mm-hmm. uh, every the uh, size of the the height of the dome, the width of the dome, height of the door, width of the door. So I was trying to accomplish a true Neapolitan pizza when I was building it, and all of those are identical as far as as far as dimensions go. so. At this point 3 months in, I know everything about the oven. Mm-hmm. The first day we fired it up, I didn't know everything about this oven.
1: <laughs> so Right, cuz this oven hadn't existed. It was one it's yeah, one of a kind it's, I mean, it's a built kind. to spec, but it's covered in tiles and you put each one of these little white tiny square. They're 1-inch tiles, one, right? 1-inch
3: in, white porcelain <laughs> tiles.
1: So yep. why did you put all of them <laughs> on there? Is it a very it's a you did it for a reason.
3: I did it aesthetically because again I was going Neapolitan on the inside, so I figured I should go Neapolitan on the outside. They tile their ovens, so. And everyone I spoke to said this was a bad idea. <laughs> Having a <laughs> but mobile, as a, a chef, you just with, went.
1: I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do.
3: Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah,
1: <I laughs> and about did. when did you decide it was a bad idea?
3: Uh, after I got the bottom twelve rows of tiles, because that's all even, mm-hmm. so it was twelve by twelve sheets. The thirteenth row of tiles, which is ninety percent of the oven left, mm-hmm. meant I had to put them in one-inch strips, which meant I had about uh, four hundred feet of <laughs> tiles to put <laughs> one-inch tiles to put what? on. So yes, yes. That that was when I knew I was doomed, and it took me about four days, not the one day I gave myself.
1: Right,
2: but once you start. There's really no. Yeah, there was no turning no back. Turning there was no back. turning back. Yeah. So, and now you
1: have a beautifully tiled Neapolitan oven.
3: I do. Well, I took some tiles off the other day, so I've work to do today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Modifications. Modifications. I, 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 can't be perfect the first time.
2: Cosmetic. <laughs> so, um,
1: I'm really interested in knowing what about pizza really captured your imagination as a chef, because it's a seemingly simple thing. in other words, it has a lot of complication to it. Um, but it's something that even home cooks feel that they can attempt.
3: Absolutely, and it's it's very approachable to everyone. Which you know, I've cooked every cuisine, not every cuisine, but. Plenty of cuisines, and Italian food has always been one that I've been drawn back to. And after working at Pizzeria Delfina mm-hmm. in San Francisco, I thought I was done with pizza. And six months after that, I was ready to make pizza again. And what is it about six...
1: that process that uh, attracts you? Because I know and uh, other chefs that just really love the act of making pizza. Mm-hmm.
3: I don't. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Touching the dough, feeling the dough, knowing like what you're. Every single step of it, you have to put your hand, literally put your bare hands on. I know that is cooking always, but grabbing a piece of dough and stretching it. I enjoy making pasta almost as much as I make like making pizza, but I think the act of making dough and making a, a vessel for something in pizza that is more than just Domino's pizza dough. I mean, personally, the way I'm doing it with the natural fermentation is- right. I think the process of making this beautiful vessel you can put so little on top of it if that if that piece of it is perfect
1: so you naturally ferment this dough so that means Maybe. that you have a starter yep and you just create the conditions for the yeast to find the starter that's
3: right so I I didn't bring this from I know a lot of people travel with it their whole life I started it in South Carolina so it is. A true Charleston sourdough. If Mm -hmm. people like to talk about San Francisco sourdough, this is a Charleston sourdough. Mm -hmm. Um, It's basically like making sourdough bread. So Mm
2: -hmm.
3: I put flour and water in a container and let it sit out and ferment until it was bubbly and now I feed it twice a day and it's like a child mm-hmm. I, I Actually, just traveled, we just with, traveled it. with it yeah, yeah. <laughs> took it to Minneapolis for a week so <laughs>
1: it enjoyed the sights
3: did yeah it you have did.
2: a museum favorite <laughs> or <laughs> late night spot or no, no, the mother know. is well traveled yeah
1: <laughs> but why is that important in pizza dough how does that change the flavor um of well, the crust
3: like I was saying with the the actual depth of flavor in this, not just being a vessel for ingredients. It's actually the star of the show. I let it ferment for 24 to 36 hours. So you get sour, you get like a nice airy natural dough. It's not yeast. So you're not getting, you're not getting raw flour because this is actually breaking down the flour after I've, you know, make the the physical dough where yeast is just giving it air. Mm -hmm. This breaks it down. This makes it digestible. We've had, friends who have come and they have gluten intolerances and have had no issue with this because of how it breaks down the the flour and
1: that's the best news ever yeah, yeah. For
3: pizza people a lot yeah. of people don't believe it and aren't don't fall for it but i, I want the word to get out there
2: yeah. <laughs> we're so excited about it and it's the kind of thing that we can't necessarily tell someone right off the bat you know you have this gluten intolerance but you're going to be fine because it's only been a couple of people, but if we can educate someone on it, so they go home and look into the process of bread making themselves. um, That's kind of our goal. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can get more people. Yeah. The the friend didn't even tell us at first he waited until after and then said, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. You know? Um, And he's been back several times since (laughs) with no effect.
1: Good. Good. Well, and you, you studied pizza, which I it sounds like a really good gig. I mean, mm-hmm. like school could be like, I have to take deductive logic or linguistics <laughs> or pizza. I would always go for pizza. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we we spent so two months in So talk to me about that. Two months in Italy, did you get hit a lot with like
3: backs oh, of wooden spoons? I, I and wouldn't things? say it was that kind of studying. It, it was more uh whining and dining studying. Oh. <laughs> self taught. Self dot, yeah. We, we 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 were eating and drinking. So uh we went to what are considered some of the best pizzerias in the world, Dama Calais. Notizia. Yeah, Notizia.
1: And, and really, that was the style that really captured your imagination because there's all kinds of styles of pizza, but that's really the birthplace of pizza and really where you wanted to emulate
3: Absolutely. And we've been talking before this mobile thing about pizza forever for uh, us to like opening a pizzeria of some sort. And after eating that pizza, we knew it would be Neapolitan. It's all she likes. I'll eat any pizza, but she's very specific. It's <laughs> um, my favorite. Too. Yeah. So being there and eating it and knowing they're naturally fermenting, a lot of them are at least. And just the simplicity that's behind a piece a, a Neapolitan pizza. And
1: you pull your own mozzarella too. Yep. Right? Yep. So you have to create these two major things for the pizza before you can ever even make pizza. So on a typical day and you have a pop-up, you're doing these pop-ups multiple times a week now. Yeah. How long does your prep last?
3: Uh, you know, it, it can really vary, but I just got a new mixer yesterday so I haven't used it yet so I can be a lot quicker with my dough but I was using a 20 quart mixer that only allowed me to make 25 doughs at a time so if I had a 200 pizza event you can do the math right (laughs) so the the dough process could be anywhere from 45 minutes for a batch of dough to five hours to make that much dough so that's one process the mozzarella fortunately I've been doing for a long time since I was at Pizzeria Delfina, so it's a pretty easy process, and I don't have to make the perfect balls right. when I'm cutting it up for pizza, anyways. <laughs> exactly. So I can just
1: watch TV. In the back the yeah, <laughs> as long as I make
3: the right texture, it doesn't need to be the perfect ball. So that mm-hmm. that's that process is a little bit shorter. But then the dealing with seasonal and changing my menu every day
1: mm-hmm.
3: is what where the prep goes. So I could be
1: especially if you're making lamb sausage that yep. that's gonna grinding be a all of my own thing. sausage right.
3: I would like to get to making all my own charcuterie but a whole nother set of rules so right. yeah. We'll wait on that. <laughs> yeah don't
1: don't scare D-Hack. they're yeah. okay right now they're okay <laughs> but you're doing all of this in this mobile thing and it's not even a food truck with sides it's open because it has to be because mm-hmm. you would
0: burn it down probably right. pretty quickly. Right.
1: <laughs> so how does that after you've worked in these really well-known high-end kitchens where you have mise class close that you can get to how does that shift when you really are like oh my god I only have this little space to work in
3: it's a pain in the ass to put it mm-hmm. as simple as possible I've told people I would rather work a 16-hour day in a restaurant than a 12 hour day mobile, which gives me a lot of respect for all the people doing food trucks and mobile stuff because on a day of prep, I spend sometimes from 9am to 9pm, you know, driving around and then I still have another five hours of prep to do because you have to go pick up all your produce, right. you have to go to your commissary and then you inevitably forgot something because
1: it's just the way you, you don't you have sense. all your knees
3: and place around you right, at a restaurant. Right. So it's a lot of transporting, a lot of driving and then You have to go home and get your trailer to go to the event and then
1: and you know you've already spent hours and hours doing all those
2: little tiles so yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) who knows how many hours we're at now right so it's
1: too much to count you don't want to do that but how has it changed now that you're three months in how has it changed what you want to do because you are going to go toward a brick and mortar at some point I mean I think most professional chefs, and we're seeing more professional chefs come to other areas and try and practice what they want to do in a concept before they open the restaurant. They do it in a mobile way. but yeah,
3: which, I mean, it's wonderful. There's not as much overhead, but there is just, it's a whole different style of cooking. You and you have to, don't
1: have anyone other than Marley, who's, I'm sure, a right. great assistant.
0: But right, but not she's not in the, in the kitchen, kitchen.
3: So it's... <laughs> You know, sometimes when you're like, shit, I had a prep cook that made all of the pizza dough yes. for a day. I don't have that. So right. I have to make my, feed my mother in the morning to go make dough and then to stretch the mozzarella, to slice the onions, to rinse the capers. To-
1: Did you ever just think, have you thought, maybe we don't do this anymore? Uh, maybe when it's like line out the door and it's really, really hot
2: in Charleston. <laughs> oh, well, that, that was our first Good. event. So. <laughs> yeah, a couple of days in July. Where yeah, it was like,
3: what what are we doing? Rather Why?
2: rather than let I make it anymore. You didn't know if you were going to make yeah, it yeah, anymore. I mean, a couple days in July, it was like... If I don't go stand in Coast Brewery's walk-in for five minutes, I might pass out. <laughs> yeah. Right, right.
3: But mm-hmm. there's never been a day where we're like, we don't want to do this. We actually every day agree that it's so nice not having a day where we don't want to go to work. We always want are happy to go do an event. Maybe the prep until 4 a.m. gets old, but physically going and doing an event, both of us are always like, this is great.
1: Right.
3: Like, this is... Right we don't not want to go to work. <laughs> right.
1: Well, what have you learned about pizza now that you're cooking it mobily? Because you you probably thought I got this pizza thing down before you did all of this, but I'm sure now that you're you even have a more intimate relationship with it.
3: Absolutely. That. This goes to like a very technical thing with the dough, which is again the most important part of our pizza. It's not for everyone's, but I think for ours it is. Uh, the humidity in Charleston Instantly changed what I had planned on being the hydration of my dough, like middle of July. Didn't allow for 72% hydration. Right. Had to drop it down to like 67, 68 uh, because the humidity in there automatically makes the dough wetter. I'm going to see it change this week because two weeks ago when we were here, it was still 85 degrees. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. And now it's
3: going to be 65 for evening events. So proofing dough. I don't know what I'm going to do to proof dough in two months, but right.
2: Yeah. So we're also dealing with the elements.
3: Yeah, I mean that's. I think it's, I've it's learned, like more camp about, cooking, yeah, learned more about cooking. Yeah, more about cooking pizza dough, doing cooking pizza, doing that than I think you could in any restaurant, right? Where you have the same temperature every day or close to, you have the same humidity every day or close to. It's you're really dealing with the elements when you're cooking and. It makes you learn how the dough feels. It makes you learn how the pizza reacts in the oven. So it's, you know, how long the oven takes to light. It's all a lot of things that inside a kitchen you wouldn't deal with. And I think mm-hmm. earlier today, Marley was saying, it's going to be so easy if we open a restaurant now, right? Right. It's almost a step ahead of cooking in a restaurant for three months right. because we've dealt with the elements.
2: Right, right. So.
1: Well, and not only that, but you're dealing with the people. So you've been behind the line or expoing, right? <laughs> right. And now you have people like me coming right up into your cold well. It's not. It's not just you. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs>
3: Marley's pretty good about uh, deferring them, getting them away from me some mm-hmm. of the times, but
1: because you're working, it's an actual you're job counting, now. you're doing really quiet things. Yeah. I mean, you're you're having to, especially. I noticed it gets very quiet when there's a line because you have to keep up with what yes. is in process, who's yep. done
2: orders. Right. And for the same reason most chefs are in is because you're being thoughtful and you're, when you're in a rush, you know, you're, you're working. And
3: I mean, I've never worked in a kitchen where the chef says it's okay to talk the whole time. Right. And there's a reason because you can't focus. Right. And it isn't, you're not as quick. I have friends come by or I had a friend in town for one of our busiest events and he stood next to me and talked to me and it was like, <laughs> Ready to choke him like... up. <laughs> like, I can't tell him to go we away because he's staying with me. But, you know, i like, dude. dude, dude, go inside, drink a bunch of beers, and don't come <laughs> back. <laughs> so,
1: well, and you're working in these brewery locations and, and here in Charleston, and I think a lot of areas in the South that have mobile food truck areas. Breweries are a great place because you're meeting your people. You're meeting your your customers that are going to become your friends who will help you move to that brick and mortar place. Absolutely. But We're you're just, also dealing with people who might have had too much to drink. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yep. We, we avoid late night events altogether. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the people who are there and we are able to talk to, I'm glad I'm able to talk to them. I, I can't I can't step away like when I was expediting and have a conversation with a customer. So the fact that they can can come talk to me is great.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
3: helpful because they want to. I mean, she's the other side of the business, but a lot of times the chef is who they want to talk to. So, but it
2: is
1: really fascinating to watch you make a pizza. It is because pizza making is. Fun to watch. It's very gratifying I mean,
2: yeah. just watching it start to finish. Right, yeah. and it
1: transforms so quickly. Yes. And, you know, to see it, the stretching of the dough. I mean, we love to watch that. We yeah. have whole shows probably based on that. Right. I don't know. I don't
2: meant to see it rise but... in the oven.
1: Right, and then the oven and, you know, how do you heat the oven? It's
3: It's all wood-fired. So, so. where
1: do you get that wood?
3: Uh, it's called uh, a company called Carolina Mornings mm-hmm. out of...
2: I think it's actually called Carolina Morning Wood. I wanted to not say that.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we didn't uh, pick the name, but yeah. they deliver. Yeah, they deliver pallets promptly. to us uh, yeah. next mm-hmm.
3: day. Kiln dried mm-hmm. mm-hmm. oak. I have to use oak in the south. I think
2: right. I might right.
1: be I might so be oak if I don't <laughs> wood fired oven. Yeah. And so you have this other thing to deal with. I mean, uh, yeah. as a chef, you know, you click on the gas, and of course, you have to repair. Things in your kitchen. I mean, I know all chefs talk about being a repairman and yep, knowing your true. equipment, of course, for sure. But now you have to know the source of your heat. So how? not only are you are doing this prep, but you have to get the coals to a point yep. before you can even... Mm-hmm.
3: We have to be at an event a minimum of an hour early. That's pushing it still, being there an hour early. Two hours is really gets the oven up to temperature. It needs to be at about... 900 to 950 and that's the the floor of the oven too which is the hard part to heat up so and that is
1: why the pizza that you make at home does not taste like <laughs> zach's pizza okay <laughs> <laughs> because yours only gets to broil people okay that's like five twenty, 550 yeah, maybe. maybe um and that's why your pizza is chewy and weird yeah and his is not
3: and when we were doing dough testing we I hadn't lit our oven. I didn't know anything about it. So it was maybe at seven hundred and we're like, This sucks. The pizza sucks. We're not gonna be able to do it. Our yeah. first event. And then the first event came and we just kept going wood, 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 and like
2: Yeah. There it was. And
3: there was. And it was nine hundred and fifty degrees and the pizzas were perfect. So yeah. it really is Perfect. A huge part of it. And you have to watch it the whole time. Every pizza that goes in gets a piece of wood. So it's not just putting a pizza wow. in and cooking it. You have to one to four pieces of wood, really, because it might not be quite as efficient as a true Neapolitan oven mm-hmm. as I did build it myself, and I'm not a carpenter. Did you
2: go to Google University? I did <laughs> a you few have times. You on YouTube? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like, did you study pizza? Yes, on, on uh, Google University. No, I, I studied, studied pizza <laughs> ovens. People yeah. ask me,
1: how did you learn to podcast? And I was like, well... Google University. Yeah. Google <laughs> answers YouTube. everything. Yes. YouTube answers, answers everything.
3: Exactly. No,
2: he has no excuse, unfortunately, to say he can't build anything for <laughs> us because we have this beautiful oven. So. so you're like, I need
1: some shelving. I don't yeah. know how to do that. Uh, no. no, that's not an excuse any longer. Well, what's the next step for the more?
3: I don't know. I mean, we have some. Well, busy besides m-
1: trying to figure out how to keep that dough awesome, yeah, you know, because you know, yeah. I'm gonna be checking now. I'm gonna be like, what's <laughs> up?
2: Yeah. What's this coming? Yeah.
3: yeah, we have a few busy months ahead, and uh, from there, it's yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're in Charleston. Good. Good.
2: At least through the spring, we're like maybe we have to take a, a summer elsewhere because it was very it was hot. So, <laughs>
3: it was so brutal last summer. Now yeah. you guys it's know it's nine
1: hundred degree yeah. oven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 900 degree oven we'll give you that it's not like you're a tourist walking the battery with your family from the cruise ship at noon right you know that right. i have no sympathy for you're in front of a 900 degree oven yes. cooking my pizza yes
3: I, I would like to cook them all summer but it's who knows brick and mortar could come by then right yeah. we don't know Nowhere
0: now
1: Never well, know.
2: the people still come in the summer, so that's that's the thing. We weren't quite sure. We're like, do do people still when we were in the process of launching this? Do people still go to breweries in in July? And everyone's like, oh yeah, <laughs>
0: like,
2: there's still things going on. Yeah. They're all okay with it. We it's hot a long as time. Long as there's yeah, beer, so it's hot yeah. a
3: long time. We know that now. <laughs> yeah, it was our first yeah. summer here. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. Well, I'm happy as long as you stay. Because you cannot take away now my favorite pizza. Um, and if people want to learn more about the beautiful oven, see a picture of it, uh, see a picture of Zach and Marley, and learn more about Lamora, they can go to thesouthernfork.com. Um, you'll also be able to check out... Um, past episodes there as well as have a link or two to see if you're in town in Charleston see if you can catch them from one of their pop-ups I might be ahead of you in line so there will not be any pizza left when you get up there but just remember one thing don't talk to Zach if he's cooking my pizza (laughs) thanks so much for being on the Southern Fork with me today thank Thank you you very much.
2: much
0: You've been listening to The Southern Fork. I can't wait to bring you more culinary conversations, but in the meantime, I have one question. Are you gonna eat all that?